everybody. Welcome to Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And <laughs> we're your hosts. So we are recording this Christmas evening mm-hmm. at what feels like really late, but not. No. It's, it's not nine, even 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's quarter after nine. It feels like midnight. Midnight. I yes. had some Baileys, but no, but not Baileys, but I had Irish cream. Yeah. Like legitimate, like not the Baileys is bad, but. Yeah, I don't know where Bailey's is from, but yeah, we so we decided to watch Bridgerton. We watched the first two episodes, and I was like, "Let's do a little, have a little tipple." And so, yeah, so we, I wasted. I, <laughs> so Not we really. had some Irish cream, and both of us are really feeling it because <laughs> neither of us drink very much anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the big moment. This yes. is the big day. I've been on Twitter and Instagram. People have already finished the entire season. Really. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have access to either of those so it's hard for me to Yeah, and so we just watched the first two episodes, so the pilot, Diamond of the First Water, and then the second episode Shock and Awe. So I think what we're planning on doing is we'll watch two episodes, come chat to you guys, let us know what we think. It's going to be freewheeling. We're not doing a lot of editing. We're just no. going to see just first thoughts and um yeah, and then we'll we'll recap Bridgerton. Let us know. We'll also be putting these out as we do them pretty much pretty right? much yeah that's yeah. what i'm gonna try to do uh-huh um so first thoughts clayton well i will say and i was saying this earlier today i wasn't really looking forward to this and now we read all the bridgerton books and i love regencies i love historicals when i'm reading them but i have famously not really liked Regency stuff, or I guess Regency is more romance based, but like historical films or television shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I love Little Women. That was a great movie. I love that, the Greta Gerwig version. But I'm not <laughs> really a big fan of that stuff normally, so I wouldn't normally watch it. And we sat down and watched the first two, and I don't love it. I don't love it yet. And I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that it's historical. That's not the reason. I, I'm the chemistry between the two leads isn't there for me. The the characters, well, it's Daphne and Simon, Duke of Hastings, and there's there's just no real chemistry between them, right? I think that's really where I'm bumping because there the the this first season is supposed to be based on the Duke and I, which is the first book, mm-hmm. but they are weaving in the other. Bridgerton sisters and brothers in a kind of a cool way. So we get a glimpse at, we get a glimpse, we get a glimpse at, um, sorry, it's the, the Irish cream. <laughs> Penelope have, and Colin. Penelope and Colin. So we have a glimpse at that. We have a glimpse of Eloise just hanging out, being cool. Eloise is like, right now, I think we would agree. Yeah, Eloise the is The breakout star. On. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, the acting with her is fantastic. And the writing for her is fantastic. Like, Eloise pops in a way that I kind of wish, like, who knows how they're going to do this. But if they are doing a book a season, then obviously this is Daphne's season. Yeah. And... She's not popping for me. No, she's the she's the least interesting character we have been introduced to. Yeah. Because Lady Danbury's popping. I know. Well, let's start with the positives. Lady yes. Danbury. Killing it every scene. Spot on. That actress is amazing. 
the energy she's bringing it, it's so great because it is the same character as the book that is like so beloved but she does make it feel fresh and interesting and that actress is so watchable yeah like she's whatever got a she's physicality screen, yeah and and you and i feel like you end up through the series getting lady danbury's motivation you don't get at the beginning. And I think what they did really smartly was bring Lady Danbury's motivation like forward. So we do see it in the second episode. So we really understand why she is the way she is. And we really like her for that. I think she's fantastic. I mean, when we first see Simon on that oh. horse, <laughs> Clayton went, wow, oh fuck, there he is. Wow. <laughs> I was in the cups. I was in the cups at the time. I was in my cups, but... I, I did. I was struck by his handsomeness. He's a yes. stud. He's a total stud. Yeah. So, and it just looked beautiful. And I think he was wearing purple. Mm-hmm. Just like his outfits are great. Oh, yeah. He, his, the costuming for, for Simon is on point. Yeah. And also it's that's like that part of costuming that I really love where he's in dark colors. The only person who's echoing his colors is Lady Danbury, mm-hmm. who is his only, um, uh, like ally, basically. Yeah, he's she's the only one who understands him, and so they dress and complimentary. They are both dressing in, in violets and reds and um, black, um, and all of these sort of like deep, rich jewel tones, where all everyone else is a little bit in pastels or these like bright, bright neons. And I think that just visually, you see sort of where he stands within the ton. And I think that's really, really interesting. And that's fantastic. So like, yeah, I think Simon and Lady Danbury are amazing. Eloise is... She's great. She's so funny. She's got this great, deeper voice Mm -hmm. that is... They all look so young, which is... I understand because that's the, the ages of the characters. But I think this was... This is like when I read those books and... I look at, you know, the the cover art or the step backs and the way those like especially the step backs that you've been posting on Instagram mm-hmm. for these Bridgerton books which are amazing. Those characters always look so much older than they actually are in the books. These actually look like a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old or a 16-year-old or whatever. Mm-hmm. They look the ages even though they might be a little bit older. They look so young. So to see Eloise just be this like young girl but have this almost need to be worldly i think this actress embodies that and Mm -hmm. i'm really interested to see what happens with her because there's a scene where her and benedict are smoking together and they kind of allude to the fact that they might be different than their other members of the family Mm -hmm. which is very interesting foreshadowing well depending on what they do yeah the rumor has long been like i feel like this rumor has been around for like since bridgerton was announced that one of the siblings was going to be gay and so i think the rumor has been that it's benedict Mm -hmm. is what i've heard and this is a hundred percent unsubstantiated like i have no like Pure speculation. Pure speculation from unreliable sources. So this couldn't be, this isn't really a spoiler because no. this is unsubstantiated and this is I just, think this is like also people guessing. Okay, like I, yeah. I, I don't think it's any, it's it's definitely not a spoiler because I don't know what happens past episode two. Yeah. Um, And it that was really interesting because if Eloise and um Benedict are both queer, I think that's like just like a really interesting update 
of it. Yeah. I also like, I mean, I think something that is interesting because obviously once, um, you know, it was revealed that they were casting diversely. Yeah. I think, you know, I was interested in how they were going to do that. Now, obviously, throughout history, there have been people of color. Mm-hmm. This is not new. That being in the Regency isn't new. But they, what I liked is that, you know, the thing with romance and romance novels is it's everyone is building on this it, within the same universe that doesn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Like the history in romance novels, like, yeah, there could be things that are based on this or that. And, and authors certainly do research, but in general, they're playing in a different sort of world that never existed, that everyone has agreed upon the rules mm-hmm. from Georgia at Hare forward. And so what I like about this is that they're basically like, okay, well, we're going to do this within this adaptation as well. This is not history. It's history light. Um, there's no real basis in fact. And so then there's this um, sort of fantasy element to it. And so having actors of color within this space like makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's not like this is a representation of anyone's experience in the Regency. This is not the representation of anyone's experience. Yeah. But it is still sort of within this very interesting world. And I thought that was a really great way to do it. And also heightened the fun of uh romances that it can kind of be for anyone. And, yeah. And I really I, I thought that was a great touch. And I thought that the way that it was handled was really was really picture perfect. Like, so, um, and off and off. Yeah. And, um, obviously Simon. Yeah. Like he is the best Simon. Like who else? Like, well, it's, it would be hard now if you're reading the book after this series, and especially if you buy the version that has mm-hmm. him on the cover, it'd be very hard to see Simon as anything but this actor. Yeah. And that's why initially when we read the books, I was staying away from casting, staying away from photos and things like that because I wanted to create the all the characters in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I now, if I reread, I would think of Eloise as this Eloise and I would think of Simon as this Simon. And I would, although there's a few where it's like, Cullen, we haven't really gotten to see him all that much, just a little bit. We get to see a little bit of him with Penelope Featherington, which is cute. But he's pretty innocuous. He looks like a Jonas Brothers that they hide, mm-hmm. that they would hide away. And then he doesn't eat enough. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. I think I don't want to spoil the books for people if they're just watching the show. Right? How do you feel about that? Do I mean, you- honestly, I think it's like we're going to spoil it because we are a romance novel podcast. So I think we're talking to our audience. Yeah. Of romance novel readers. And so I think we're going to assume that you've read the book. So do we have to say, read all the books and watch all these episodes before you listen to these? I mean, or don't don't mind being spoiled. Yeah. I mean, I'm also in the camp where, like, you can't really spoil a romance novel. Like, I feel like people have told me very specific scenes that happen or how specifically a book ends. And I'm like, now I want to read that book. But see, this is how we diverge. We've had this conversation. Like, I, I didn't even want to see a picture of anybody from the show before mm-hmm. I... And I don't read the back of these books. I don't... It's truly insane. Yeah, exactly. You think I'm, a, a, you know, you think I'm ill because of it. But that's the thing is I don't want somebody to feel like even me saying Colin isn't gluttonous enough being a spoiler. 
that's not a, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I that's a very have, minimal spoiler. Right. And you also have to just assume that we're going to talk about the books. Cause that's sort of like, I think the only reason that we're interesting to listen to is if it's sort of like from a book perspective or yeah, sort of what we think. Um, so yeah, I love- I've been told I have a very comforting voice <laughs> by one email. I think once that you forwarded to me. <laughs> That I think you like took a photo of on your phone and then texted to me. Did I? <laughs> Probably. I don't I know. I don't know. That's how you uh, communicate stuff to well, me because, sometimes. Yeah, you I don't re- always respond. It's awful. Um, so that's beside the point. Yeah, yeah, we could really. I mean, air some grievances. Do you want to indict me right now on the on the? <laughs> um, yeah. So they pulled the Penelope and Colin storyline forward, which I really liked. That's and sort of cool. Teasing it, and um, I mean, I let I love Nicola Coughlin from Dairy Girls, obviously. So I was really excited to see her in this as well. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's say? the that's the dinner bell. We're having a very late dinner. We're at my parents' house in Connecticut, and there's wind chimes. If anyone can hear that in the background, we're in the living room right now. Uh, yeah, they started giving her storyline with Marina and stuff. So I really liked that to sort of see more of her. Um, and it's more of a well-balanced story in that, like, we're seeing more of the Featheringtons than I think we would in The Duke and I. I think in The Duke and I, like, Simon does dance with Penelope at one stage, but it's not. Yeah. Like, they're not really there much. Um, so I think that's fu- wonderful, too. So there's a lot of positives. And then there's mm, there's some missteps. <laughs> Well, well, one more positive. We see Anthony's butt pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anthony's tushy shows up like five minutes in. And yeah. then he's fully nude a little bit later. Yeah. So, yeah. Clayton, in very classic romance novel reader, said, I don't like that we're seeing them. <laughs> you said, you said, I don't uh, like that we're seeing them um, have sex with people who aren't their one truths. Yeah. And I was like, all right. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't mind it quite as much. I'm not, I don't but care. We, it's alluded to in the books. It's obviously like, we know that Anthony is a famous rake and. Yeah. And, and that he has a girlfriend and it, yeah. it does seem like he's having sex with the same woman. Yes. So, so that's, I don't want to be a prude about it, but it is, it's one of those things where I guess I am being a prude. So I am being a prude about <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Well, well, one of the things we pointed out that we thought was interesting and we weren't really fans of it was that there's a queen. Yeah. So that was really interesting to me because Queen Charlotte is is featured quite heavily in the two episodes that we've seen so far. And it really got me thinking to like, why is there never royalty in romance novels? Like there aren't any romance novels with princes or kings. Um, I think the closest you would ever get is like sometimes with Scottish romances, they're like Lairds, but that's it. Um, and I, 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 I'm still working out why, but I think part of it too is like, bec- is, is the whole like romance be like being its own world. So then if you bring in like literal Queen Charlotte or Queen Victoria or people we know and have people interacting with them, it does almost just make it feel a little bit goofy Mm -hmm. in a way that is not like fun and kitschy, but it's just kind of like odd. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like if you were to write an American romance novel set in the sixties and then all of a sudden they just like have brunch with Kennedy, (laughs) I would be like, this is odd. (laughs) Well, because in here, so we have the queen 
um, it's part, it's the season and, uh, the young ladies are stepping in front of the queen to, I guess, be, be like ju- introduced to introduced and be judged. And Daphne gets judged as the bell of the ball in a way. Yeah. The diamond of the first water, which is a phrase they love. Yeah. And the, I think the problem with it here is that we also have Lady Whistledown mm-hmm. who is narrating. Julia Andrews, Julie Andrews, Julie Andrews, Julie Andrews is narrating and she kind of is playing the same role as the queen, you know, the gossip of who is now the diamond is, is part of what Whistledown writes and everybody in the ton is reading it. But then you have the queen also mm-hmm. chiming in. So they're, they're, it's dual. It's a hat on a hat. It's a hat on a hat. Now, my thought might be if they, at some point in a later season, disclose who Whistledown is, they might not be able to use that conceit anymore. And then you'd have the queen to play the who's on top of the social game situation. Now, I think I, I don't think that's really the reason. That's my only reason why I think they could ha- have this queen and she be very useful. Otherwise, she just sits around and, and, and like snorts Victorian Coke or whatever. Like Regency Coke. She's Regency like 50 Coke, years before Victorian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Regency Coke, <laughs> which is dark, right? Yeah. I, and if anybody knows, email us if you know what that substance is and where I can get it. If you don't know <laughs> Uh, but she's just snorting stuff and sitting around. That's the thing too. It's just so str- like to create a new character and, and it's like without adaptations, you have to create characters. You have to combine characters. Like I get it. Yeah. It's not going to be a pure like note for note adaptation. That would also be boring. It would be. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think I'm just kind of struggling as to like why the queen is a character because it's like. The actress is great, I guess. Like, she is, like, a magnetic presence. But she doesn't do anything. And it's like, I don't really want to watch somebody just kind of, like, lay around. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And she's in it a lot. And she's in it more than it feels like Lady Whistledown is narrating. Yes. And so it just feels, yeah, it feels like we're hitting the same beat twice. And I don't know what we're getting out of one or the other. Because for the Lady Whistledown thing, like... It's an interesting conceit within the books. It just sort of starts every chapter and that changes as once Lady Wilson is revealed and then the chapters sort of start with letters or different things as it goes on. I don't necessarily feel like Lady Whistledown is vital to the story in a way like you keep her. It's a great conceit. I like it. It's sort of the thing that wraps the pilot together. But I don't understand why then, yeah, then we also need the queen. It's a hat on a hat. It's odd. And like, we're two episodes in. That's the thing also, <laughs> And so yeah. it's like, things could change. And like, next time we talk, we could be like, thank fucking God the queen was here because we didn't see this thing coming. Um, we definitely enjoyed the second episode more than the pilot. I think pilots are tough. They're so tough. Yeah. Because you're setting so much up. You're, you're introducing all the characters. Mm-hmm. You're introducing a world, which, you know, it's a world that we're pretty well versed in from everything we've read and also reading all the Bridgerton books. But if you're somebody that's just coming in from nowhere, I feel like they could be very confused by it just because I know if I hadn't read a ton of, of romance novels, I'd be confused watching this first first episode. Mm-hmm. But I think it is always difficult to make. I mean, you can count on one hand great pilots 
in any TV genre. Right. And I do think that I heard somewhere that it's like the better the pilot, the worse the series. And then the, you know, I could see like a bad pilot makes a good series in a way that a bad, that a good pilot doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good series. Yeah. And I do kind of think that's true. I think like Succession, which is like my favorite show of like of all time. And I think is like brilliantly written. Like I didn't finish the pilot. It's hard to get through. Yeah. And it's truly like, almost a perfect show. So yeah, I'm like more forgiving for the pilot. And so, yeah, the, the places where it misstepped, I was sort of like, well, there's a lot of work that this thing has to do. Great casting on Nigel though. Oh yeah. I mean the Nigel thing, they changed that character a lot too, in a way that I thought was really clever. And I thought was really great storytelling because obviously with this it's a visual medium you need people to say things and you need people to do things and so I thought the changes that they made to Nigel's character were fantastic and Mm -hmm. every time you saw him you hated him yeah he's such a he's such a sleazy looking dude yeah he's so you immediately see him and you're like man I don't want that I need to marry this fuck yeah yeah because he does seem like the worst case scenario for Daphne um I liked also all of the scenes with Anthony and Violet I thought were also really fantastic because like the way that he was speaking to her, I was like, this is insane that anyone would speak to their mother this way. And then sort of the turn I thought was great. And by the end of the second episode, he sort of realizes that she's right and he should listen to her, which is good. So we don't have a lot of backstory right now on his father, we know he died, but mm-hmm. we don't know how. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the situation is. But that that's I wonder if we're gonna get that we probably will get that this season, I would think, right? How he died? Yeah. I like I don't know that it's necessary to Daphne's story in a way that it, it is fundamental to Anthony's story. Yeah. And so I don't know if maybe they'll save that for next season or if they'll just bring that into this season just to set up next season. We'll have to see how much the stories, the characters start their stories mm-hmm. in this season because we've already had a few start before they started in the books. So we'll see. We'll see how many. But that's that would be a lot of stuff to juggle. So I'm not sure if they would actually be able to do it. Well, I think for Colin and Penelope, it's just smart to start them now, too, because like Penelope is supposed to have been pining for him for a decade or how forever. Yeah, if so you it, lay the tracks on that. Yeah. So it makes sense to lay the tracks on that now in a way that like, as far as I know, like Kate hasn't been cast or anything like that. So I would be surprised yeah, like I think Anthony's arc is going to be basically like him realizing that he needs to get married mm-hmm. is sort of what I'm seeing now. But also like, who knows? And to, you know, we are two hours into eight hours and I feel like you need to, <laughs> that's a lot of time to fill. Yeah. So I imagine there's also going to be like added storylines, um, which I'm really interested in seeing because I think, you know, in this we have, so Marina Thompson is apparently a character that exists, but was like a very, like a very side character. And they're sort of bringing her more and giving her a, a bigger storyline. 
Which I really like. And I like that Eloise and Penelope are like actively trying to figure out how babies are made. Yeah, yes. And being kept in the dark. And I think that that is, that was really interesting and that was really cool. And I really thought that was a great addition too. Because Marina is with child. Mm-hmm. The way that they, we find out Marina is with child is a little heavy handed. We find out because she hasn't got her period for a month. So she hasn't bled on her sheets. Yeah. And she gets very mad in the morning when she hasn't bled on her sheets. And and then the person doing her sheets looks and doesn't see blood. And the whole time I'm thinking, wait, I thought she was mad because there was blood in her sheets, but we never saw it. So it's it's the fact that there's not blood on the sheets that makes her, her upset and mad and then makes the uh, person doing the sheets uh, then tell... Who is it? Uh, Lady uh, Featherington. Featherington. Yeah. Who who has taken her in. And now yeah. she's locked away. And she was the one who took up... Uh, she took the, the star from Daphne mm-hmm. for a, a hot second. Mm-hmm. I... Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I think, like, you had to figure out a way for her to... For people to find out that she was pregnant without her telling people. So it's like... I don't know. I guess that was the best way to do it. It just seemed really odd because it's like women don't always start their periods in the middle of the night. So it's just possible she didn't bleed on her sheets. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's odd, but fine. I'll allow it. Will you allow it? It's like, who cares? (laughs) I guess we needed to find out this information and this is how we found it out. And I think that's fine. Um, I love this new thing that we're going to do on the show, which is I'll ask you, Aaron, will you allow this? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, I'll allow I'll it. I'll allow it. I, the one thing that really irked me was that I, it seems like I'm also in the minority is like the modern pop song set to uh, string instruments where I'm just like, I don't need it to just be like old, like chamber music, but like it's a that's it's tired yes um that is one of my biggest pet peeves when people do things that are historical and then bring in pop songs i i dislike that so much the only one that did it and they did it so over the top moulin rouge Right, but it that was so specific. Yeah, and everybody wants to be Moulin Rouge, and nothing know, else is Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge is amazing. Well, and that's the thing is like, and that's why I watched this, and not to get off topic, but the prime example of this is they made a a, a Peter Pan movie called Pan, and they sing "Smells Like Teen Spirit" mm. in it, like all the Lost Boys, and I'm just like. This is ridiculous. I was like, this is what you don't want to do. It's right. it's just never it's never clever anymore. And they don't do it like and I by no means want to say this is not overbearing. We were kind of figuring it out while we watched it. So it's not overbearing in any way, but it's not a gimmick that I'm in love with, really. And but it's not enough to make to make me say, "Oh, it's unlistenable." It's just, you know, it's a gimmick that we're not fans of, I think. Right, and other people are. I don't know. I think if it's something that you're into, like, that's fine. Yeah, I just felt, yeah, it just felt really weird and gimmicky to me. And I don't know, because then I'm thinking, like, Marie Antoinette had modern songs, and that really didn't bother me at all. So. But that's her aesthetic. Like, yeah. it's, such a, it's such a big aesthetic, and mm-hmm. this was so subtly done that it's almost not worth doing. Right. I think that's more what it is. Because then you're sitting there, you're not in the scene, you're listening for, wait, that sounds modern. 
what is that? Is that, who's that? Is that Maroon 5? What's going on here? And then you're not paying attention. Where in when Marie Antoinette, when, she, when I think, what, David Bowie's playing. Yeah, Susie Sue. Yeah, you're like, oh, cool. I immediately know this song and I'm not taken out of it. I think that might be the reason why we don't like it so much. Yeah, I don't get why. Yeah, it, yeah, it seems like too subtle. And it's like, I get that you're trying to make it modern. It just seems like simultaneously not enough and too much. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's minor. I think I think we're, like, cautiously optimistic about the next episodes. Well, the second episode has gotten better. was better than the first. Yes. There's... We have six more hours to watch, and I think, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. I want to see how it diverges from the book because I think it's gonna. It has to. I think it has to, right? It's, We're it calling to, that it has to. to. Yeah, and I'm also not a purist for adaptations. Like Me I think like you need to make it different. It's and a you, different format. You need to make it fresh, and you need to make it your own. Um, yeah, I think that the pilot is just was a little tough, but I think that that's also, it makes sense, and... And in the opening uh, credit oh, stuff, I don't what's going on there. Stuff. It was rough. It's it's there was bad special effects, kind of trees. It was like I guess it's supposed and, to be a family tree, and then there was different movements that were I guess supposed to be like different because there was like dueling pistols and yeah. things like that. And it's like and there was a bee. I yeah, bees, there's a bee beehive. I, I think there's a beehive, right? Yeah, I get it. It was. <laughs> that, yeah. it was odd it was just odd it was odd but uh, who i mean yeah the opening credits are not yeah that was it was just bizarre and it was funny because all of like early on when they were like teasing things for bridgerton they always had a b and i always was like that's how the father died yeah and he was spoiler. like a be- <laughs> spoiler and he was a <laughs> beloved member of the family and it is really odd that it's like this cute thing the b is supposed to be like this this oh isn't it cute it's a b where it's like well that be murdered mr bridgerton yeah yeah lord bridgerton so i, I don't love <laughs> this yeah. b rehab but well it's like having a kennedy miniseries and there's like a bullet every you know there's a magic like, bullet just imagine yeah just a bullet like going around like shooting through the names of the characters <laughs> yeah. yeah i like that we're just constantly kennedy is the only historical figure we're able to reference did we did you reference kennedy beforehand yeah he's yeah. like what if you had brunch with kennedy but um <laughs> Yeah, listen, I'm excited. What's a big framed photo, uh, a painting of Kennedy that's on your parents' uh, wall in the living room? <laughs> listen, they're Irish Catholics. So they're not that Irish yeah, Catholic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, listen, two episodes in. Let us know what you think. We definitely want to hear from you guys if you're loving it, um, what your feelings are, how you feel about, yeah, the different characters. Eloise seems to be a fan favorite. Makes sense. She is. Yeah, I'm the digging best. on Eloise. Yeah, like super hard. Like I, I, I want to see her. Uh, what, what her story is going to be? Yeah, I. Oh, we haven't talked about Violet, but I think the actress and Violet is also spot on. Mm-hmm. She's I, really good. Does she do better with sex education this time? No. Because even though they were talking about, they were trying to figure out how babies. Eloise walks in the room is like, how are babies made? And I li- thought it had something to do with marriage. Someone explained this to me. <laughs> and Violet's like, don't talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And her brothers both know and refuse to say anything to her about it, which is like, I get like talking 
about sex with your sibling is odd. But also I feel like you do end up doing it, talking about sex when you're like a teenager or something. I don't know. Maybe not like the mechanics of it, actually. Yeah, probably not. No, but... I mean, yeah, but also I think that's what The Duke and I is about. It's about sort of like, you know, we just read this book most recently, so I think it's like most fresh in our minds, but it is like The Duke and I is a lot about like keeping women in the dark and why and the choices that have to be made because of that and the consequences of those. Absolutely. We see, oh, another scene that I loved and a change that was made that I thought was really good was um, we see Simon's birth, his mother dies, And that was always like so chilling in the book that it always took me so long to get into the book after reading like this poor woman wasting away. And the way that it's written is like haunting and beautiful, but like really fucking depressing. Yeah. And in this, there was a change in that Lady Danbury is friends with Simon's mother, which I don't think is true in the book. I don't remember, but she is shown up and she is with his mother as she dies, which I'm like, thank God Mm -hmm. (laughs) that somebody was there. And then that also makes sense why... Lady Danbury is then so invested in Simon. Because I I believe in the book, it's just that he just likes her. There's not like a bigger reason to it necessarily. But I think it's important that there is a bigger reason. And I think that was a really like a smart choice to make as well. And we're introduced to Simon's dad. We see Simon's dad be awful. Be a bad dad. Be a very bad dad. And then at the end of this episode, the second episode, we have Simon coming to his dad on his deathbed. This is a flashback to to before the beginning of this mm-hmm. show where the dad's dying in a way that people die in movies and TV where they just gurgle. They're dying from, I don't <laughs> like know, excess rattle. saliva. <laughs> and Simon says, listen up. I'm going to make sure that I never marry and I never have a kid and our line dies with me. So suck on that, Pops. Basically. And then the dad goes, and he dies. <laughs> and that's the last thing we see, right? This That's pretty much the last thing we see in the episode. So that's setting up. We do get a good, because he didn't do, he didn't have a stutter or a stammer anytime in the present day during these two episodes. And that was a, a big part of his origin story is that he didn't speak a lot because he had a stutter. And they do introduce that uh, him as a child stuttering and his dad saying, I don't want anything to do with him. Send him away. So we see all that, which is good. So we get this backstory on, we get the, the tragic backstory is the same as the one in the book. Yeah. And, and he also is a avid bare knuckle boxer where he I... gets punched in the face multiple <laughs> times by a very, very large man. No bruises. But bruises on his knuckles. Bruises all over his knuckles, but nothing on that pretty face of his, which, listen, I'm happy about, but (laughs) not realistic. Right. I hated that. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's just... It's excessively brutal, too. It, well, it's bizarre because it's like, would this person be bare knuckle boxing? Like, and I get this is fantasy. It's not based in reality and all that stuff, but it's like, from a character point of view don't think so necessarily no and it's so bizarre yeah it's just a weird addition but he beats the living shit out of nigel i mean to the point where we thought he was gonna kill him and (laughs) nigel shows up all bruised and bloodied and bloodied but then that was like three shots to the face and during these boxing matches which we see several of simon gets hit in the face multiple multiple times and not a scratch on it 
It's right. a little ridiculous. It's a little silly. I don't... Yeah. Because if you're going to punch one character and and uh, have him be all bruised and then another character gets punched, you've got to make it consistent. Because th- that way, it's like, then, then don't have Nigel be as beat up as he was because he looked a mess. Mm-hmm. It it was yeah I I'm not a I was it's a little bit wonky there yeah I just feel like there was another activity you could have given him mm-hmm. that wasn't that or at least stay away from the face <laughs> just stay away from the face he's a duke right and then when his body could be all bruised that would be cool if he like you know took off his shirt yeah it'd be cool if he took off his shirt period <laughs> but it'd be cool if he took off his shirt and you saw all these bruises on him because he's getting beat up and the the knuckles is cool but like if his knuckles are so bruised everything should be bruised yeah i don't get it as i don't get it as a choice but yeah i yeah i that was uh, yeah i didn't love it it was annoying but we're cost you said Cautiously optimistic going into the next two episodes, which we will watch and review. Yeah. I mean, listen, guys, we're on Christmas break. You're on Christmas break. Yeah. I hope so. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. If you have had a chance to, or, you know, maybe you're listening to this a year from now and you just found Bridgerton and welcome. Yes. Hello. (laughs) Hi. It's 2020. Is it better? Is it better? (laughs) How? Email us and tell us it's better. (laughs) Email us from the future. Tell us everything will be okay. And like yeah. maybe hug us. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to to keeping watching. Oh, me too. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't midnight, aka 10 p.m., I would say <laughs> let's watch another episode. Yeah. I'm. I'm. It, obviously, I'm excited they do it. I'm want more romance on the TV. Yes. Obviously, that is the big goal here. So. I think it's interesting. I'm excited to also see sort of like how romance is interpreted through people who are, are seemingly non-romance readers. Yeah. And um, I mean, we might have some surprises coming up for you guys as well, as far as mm. like some people we might be chatting with. So we could get some answers possibly. Um, but yeah, listen, we're going to keep it going. We're going to, we're not going to promise when these are going to come out because who knows things could happen. But, uh, you know, as we watch every two episodes, we'll be coming to you guys, letting you know what we think. Hot, hot, um, off the cuff. Yeah. Like, first impressions. We don't really talk to each other much. No. Except for just appreciate things that we like. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, everybody. That's it. So, do we, do we need to do the socials? <laughs> can you remember the socials? I can remember the socials. Of course, you know. I've you said do. it so many times, you couldn't do the I socials. I could not do the socials at all. Okay, so you could always email us at podcast at gmail.com. If you have emailed recently, I've been very busy, and I promise I will be responding to people. I do read the emails as they come in. You guys are the most lovely listeners in the world, and I really appreciate everyone who's taken the time, and I will... Um, Uh, And I will respond as soon as I get a chance. Uh, We are on uh, Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We are on Twitter at Learning the Tropes. Uh, We have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop, which I'm sure we will be chatting Bridgerton in the group. Um, If you want some merch, the link is in our bio. The link is below. And um, Rate, review, and subscribe, do we say? Rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, rate, rate, please. Five stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the way to get us out there if you want to 
you know, if you want to help us out, that's the way to do it at this point is just rate this podcast. Please. Um, so, yeah. So that was episode one and two of the Bridgerton Netflix series. Uh, when we next chat with you guys, we will be watching episodes two and three. Three and four. Three and four. I'm counting. It was never my strong suit. <laughs> You're more of a, a, a woman of letters. Yeah. I'm a woman of letters and like colors. <laughs> <laughs> any color trust me yes um no i was absent the day that they did long division and i think i've never recovered you never recovered Mm-mm. uh yeah so we will be doing episode three and four next time we chat um we hope everybody uh whatever you are celebrating you had a good one and hopefully uh coming up with the new year's you also have a, a wonderful new year yeah all right bye guys bye